Hello and welcome to Jamie's Wee Podcast. On this emergency episode, I'm going to talk about the coronavirus in Bali, my current options or lack of in terms of where to go and when, and what the possible implications might be if Indonesia closes its borders. Today is Saturday the 14th of March and I have decided to do this emergency podcast from Changu in Bali due to the very confusing and very unique situation and position that I find myself in right now. Things have really escalated since my last podcast which centred around this coronavirus Um, and every time I pick up my phone I see news alerts, I read stories, I watch videos which shows the continued escalation of the virus around the world and the action which has been taken by countries to try and slow it down and stop the spread, well, apart from the UK, but let's not go into Boris Johnson. But, you know, you see it in Italy, uh, the complete self-isolation that they've got there, everyone's in quarantine, they've closed the borders, you're seeing borders getting shut down every day, by the hour, every hour, there's, there's, there's countries are, are taking steps to try and really stem the flow of this coronavirus. But for us here in Bali, it's very much business as usual. Um, It still does not feel real. It feels like something out of a movie. Uh, Because you see it on your phone, you're you're seeing it back home, but here, there is no change. Um, Honestly, if I didn't have access to a phone or a laptop, I would never know that a pandemic such as coronavirus was even happening. Now, Indonesia has 270 million people across tens of thousands of islands. It's, I think it's the third largest country in the world. I might be wrong by saying that. Now, with such a population size, it's hard to believe that as of yet, um, I think it was Friday, there is only 69 cases reported by the government, which has resulted in just four deaths. Again, this is what's being reported and disclosed by the Indonesian government. Now, the only death that I know of was a, a 53-year-old British woman named Kimberly Finlayson who had underlying health issues, and she sadly passed away in Denpasar. Um, and her death, which I think was just last week, was the first known case that I'd heard of in, uh, in Bali or even Indonesia. Before that, I hadn't heard of anything. I'm hearing cases from all over the world, but up until that point, we had heard of nothing. And it's very hard to find information on anything Indonesia-related when it comes to the coronavirus. Now, President Joko Widodo has admitted withholding information to try and prevent panic, which you can understand. I spoke about panic in the last episode, and panic, um, it's not ideal to to have panic when there's a pandemic. It can cause stresses, uh, it can cause you know, chaos, basically, but there's a very big, there is a very fine line um, between preventing panic and ignorance. The ignorance is bliss. Now, it's reached the point where WHO, aka the World Health Organization, they have contacted the Indonesian government to voice their concerns for the under-detection and reporting of the coronavirus within Indonesia. Now, by under-detecting and under-reporting, you run the risk of several things. Number one is a lack of education. If you don't communicate to the people the severity of the situation, 
the rise in diagnosis, diagnosed cases and also key preventative measures, then people will continue to just go about their daily lives without much cause for concern. Now, if people just continue about their daily lives without any education, then uh, you know how quickly this thing can spread. I'm hearing now it doesn't just spread by droplets, it spreads by breath. So, And this thing is spreading quicker than any disease we have ever known. Um, so if people aren't being educated or informed, then they aren't taking precautionary measures when they're, they're going about their day-to-day -day business and interacting with friends and family or just the general public. Number two is you also have an ill-prepared medical team, and, the ho and that is hospitals and staff. If you don't escalate things um, and you don't take any action, then you run the risk of having underprepared staff, which increases the risk of spreading and also puts their lives as at, at risks as well. If they don't know the risk and they don't know how serious this is and how um, how unprecedented this is and, and how quickly that this is spreading, then you're really putting the lives of the medical staff at risk. And also hospitals won't be able to cope with the, the unforeseen spike in patients if you haven't alerted them to how quickly the disease is actually spreading throughout the country. Now you've heard of flattening the curve in other countries. Flattening the curve is basically trying to stem the spread of the virus so that you're not spreading the, the, the medical teams and the hospitals too thin. And if you get a sudden spike, then you've got a serious lack of um, hospital beds, you've got a serious lack of medical staff. So by containing the virus through education and preparation, you can flatten that curve. So everyone gets it. Eventually, we're all going to get it. Unfortunately, it's here to stay for the, the, the duration. Um, everyone will get it, but it will be much more gradual, which allows the hospitals and the doctors and the nurses to, to perform their duties to the highest standard that they possibly can. And number three, finally, if you aren't reporting factual numbers about the number of diagnosed cases and deaths, then those who may show symptoms they won't treat it with the importance that it has, and you risk them spreading the disease, which could prove fatal to friends, family, and again, the general public. Now here in Bali, again, it's just life as normal. I've yet to witness any changes with my own eyes. Apart from when I arrived at the airport two weeks ago, the only difference was I had to fill in a yellow medical form, which I had to submit um, before I entered the immigration area. Um, and even then, they didn't take temperatures. They, they didn't do anything other than just fill in that, take a form from you, which tells you where you were sitting on the plane, where you're staying, your phone number, and, and all these kind of details. So I, I have yet to have my temperature taken or anything similar here in Bali. And even last night, previous nights, if you go out, to the bars, restaurants, cafes, they are packed with people, absolutely packed with people. Um, you know, gyms are still being used, cafes and restaurants by day are still filled with digital nomads and tourists, and every everyone's still hugging and high-fiving, and again, I just, I keep saying it as very much business as usual here in Bali, because there's nothing being reported here. There's no escalation. Uh, and again, it just it feels like a movie when you look online. I have read that one of the gyms here that, that I know of have started taking temperature checks and you will not be allowed into the property uh, if you're 
show symptoms of having uh, coronavirus. So that's the only thing that I've heard, but I have yet to see anything with my own eyes as I go go about my day-to-day business here in Changu. Um, so there's also the problem that if you do think you have it here, then your sample apparently is being sent to the neighbouring island um, and it makes its way to Jakarta to be tested. And I've heard that some test results are taking well over a week to come back. So if you start to show symptoms, and I think the incubation period can be three or four days, so you might not show symptoms in the first few days, you then go and get tested at a hospital here in Bali. I don't Again, I don't know the procedures. It's not well documented on what you have to do if you feel like you have the symptoms here. You go and get tested, then you can be waiting a further week before your results come back. So this, that could be a, a 10-day, two-week period before you even know if you have it or not. Um, but I have heard as of Monday, which will be, so if this is the 14th, that would be Monday the 16th of March, there will be more regional testing facilities. Now, I'm unsure if that will mean that Bali will have its own uh, testing facility here. So I guess time will tell. Again, information is hard to find here in Bali when it comes to anything coronavirus related. Now, the reason I really wanted to do this podcast is because I really have a dilemma on my hands. Uh, And my dilemma is this. I am here on my own on a 30-day visa. My fiance Ivana is in Perth, Australia, living with her parents as she recovers from an eye injury, which, ironically, she picked up here in Bali. If I choose to stay here in Bali for another week or two, then what happens if the border closes? Or what happens if they just stop flights to and from Perth or Australia? Now, I was tagged in a story today which showed an Australian, I think it was an Australian politician, saying that they are looking at cancelling flights to and from Bali because of the lack of cases being diagnosed and shared by the government. So this underreporting is actually counting against um, Bali and Indonesia because other governments are aware of this now and other uh, governing bodies are aware of this now, so it may count against them and there may be cancellations in flights and there may be border closings to Bali and from Bali. So even if I was to book a flight in the next few days to head back to Perth, um, things are that changeable by the hour, I still may not be able to fly if flights are suddenly cancelled. Now the other thing is, if I do go back to Perth, as I say, Ivana is recovering from an infection, and Ivana's parents are in their 60s. Our mum has got her own health issues, which makes her more vulnerable to the virus, and her dad has also been ordered to stay away from work for two weeks if he is exposed to anyone that has returned from travelling, especially from Bali. So there is a massive risk, not only harming Ivana as she recovers from her infection, but also on her parents. Um, if by off the by the off chance if I was to have have it, if the off chance that I, that I did have it. Um, but also Ivana's dad would be impacted financially too because he wouldn't be able to go to his work. So even if I want to return to Perth, I would have to do some sort of self-imposed quarantine for 14 days, um, which would not only have an impact on us as a couple, it would also have a, an impact on uh, our business. It would have an impact financially. Um, so there's a lot of consequences. I can't just leave Bali and return to, to Ivana and return to a normal life and just see it, see it out in Australia um, I would have to go into kind of some 
some self-quarantine. I don't know where that would be. Uh, I don't know the cost implications. And even after that, it's still going to be in the back of your mind that, you know, if I was to go back and stay with Ivana and her parents, there still is always a risk involved there. So I've not got an easy option when it comes to just vacating and going back to, to Australia. Now, I do, if I do stay in Bali, which is pretty much my only other option, uh, and I stay for the duration of my visa, and they close the borders and put everyone into quarantine, then what are the implications? If they're not reporting on cases diagnosed and deaths, then you better believe we do not know the implications of staying here in Bali if things were to change, if there was self-quarantine, if there were, was border closings. For example, what if I overstay my visa? Will I be fined by the government? Um, as it stands, every day you overstay your visa, you're fined one million rupiah, which is around 55 pounds a day. Now, I have heard that in the case of a natural disaster, which has happened in the past with volcano eruptions and earthquakes, that if you do overstay your visa, in these circumstances, then they waive um, these fees. Um, so I can only I can only imagine and I can only hope that if this was to happen, they do close the border and there's no way for me to leave and I overstay my visa, then you can only hope and imagine that they would waive um, the, the fines, the daily fine for overstaying. If we do go into lockdown, then what about food supplies? Cafes and restaurants would definitely close, you can imagine, which really restricts you in terms of what you can eat here in Bali. There's a massive cafe and restaurant culture here. I'd say 99% of people eat out here. Very rarely do you find people actually stay in and cook. There's not a lot of facilities here. If you do decide to stay in and cook, not every guest house is equipped with fully functioning kitchens. Uh, Obviously, if you have a villa, then that's a slightly different scenario. But even then, if there's no food coming in and out of the country, rations may run low. So what happens if, you know, for example, there's a, the quarantine or the border closings last for weeks or months. There's a real risk that we could be, you know, ra having to ration not just supplies, but food supplies as well which could have some really dire consequences because this ultimately is a third world country we're in here. Um, the locals would probably return to their villages, which would leave woe us, the Westerners, to deal, in, to deal with and uh, fend for themselves. Uh, and potentially with not a lot of supplies amongst us. So it could be, a, it could be really a really difficult situation for anyone who does decide to stay and if things escalate to the worst possible scenario. Again, I'm, I'm just... This may not happen, this probably will not happen, but I'm just predicting worst case scenarios here, doomsday scenarios here. Um, another thing is how good would the medical care be here if it was to suddenly spike and everything was to go into lockdown? Having experienced the medical care through Ivana and my friends in the past, I have yet to have a, have a good experience of the Bali medical care here, and that is without it being strained. If you can imagine, again, they close the borders here, supplies um, will become short, Medical staff will be under strain. Cases in Corona will, of course, rise. I, I dread to think how poorly it would be able to be dealt with here if there was a border closing. Or uh, I, I don't. It, it it doesn't even bear thinking about. So that's one of my biggest worries. If coronavirus was to spike here throughout a border closing and throughout self quarantine. 
the medical team just the medical uh, staff and the medical like the hospitals just they would not be able to cope that's just the simple fact of it now I can understand why Bali in particular withhold negative press and information because they heavily rely on tourism to support the economy if you're all of a sudden to pull the plug on westerners coming and going then that would have devastating consequences not only for Indonesia but Bali in particular there's a massive Western culture here. There's a massive Western influence and in the, the infrastructure and the economy here really relies on a positive uh, outlook on tourism. So if coronavirus is to shut this place down, it could have everlasting devastating effects. So you can really understand um, the reluctance in terms of releasing information. Now, I don't want you to think this is a warm story. I know there's people, especially within Europe, that are in quarantine, there's people that are, that are losing family members, uh, there's people who have got the coronavirus. Again, this is, I'm very happy, I'm very happy here right now. I've got my health, I do have some friends here. Uh, again, there, there is food supplies here, but the reason I'm doing this is the complete uncertainty due to the lack of information that we have been provided here in Bali. Um, so if I choose to stay in Bali, then I am here on my own, I do have some friends, but I'm away from my family, I'm away from Havana, and I've no idea how bad things will get, and I've no idea how long I could potentially be stuck here. Um, I know, again, it sounds terrible when you say I could be stuck in Bali. That's to, to most of you, that sounds like the idea of heaven, but it is when you're away from friends and family, and your fiance, with so much uncertainty. It does put an element of confusion and worry into your mind. Um, so this is where I'm at right now. But this is a this is a fucking wild situation we find ourselves in and I wish everyone who is watching this, I wish everyone the best. Uh, I wish you all a speedy recovery if you, if you get the coronavirus. I wish the best for all your friends and family. I wish the best for your businesses. I wish the best for anything and everything. Uh, I just hope we can all ride this storm and that things start to pick up sooner rather than later. Um, what I will say is, please don't be selfish. I've I've heard quite a few people, I've read about a lot of people who are, they're very inward looking, they're very much thinking about themselves. If you are young, fit and healthy, it's easy to be complacent and think, well, I don't, it doesn't matter if I get it. Uh, I, I, I'll just feel, I'll just get the flu and it'll pass, I'll be fine but it's not you should be worried about, it's the people around about you and this is a disease that is spreading so fucking quickly if you walk by an elderly person in the street, that's someone's grandparent that's someone's brother, that's someone's sister that's someone's child, you could potentially be passing on this deadly disease to people who can't cope with it, so you really need to be mindful about who you're in contact with um, and how you conduct your daily business in this situation. So just don't be fucking selfish. Um, but again, yeah, for now it's business as usual, but I, I know I'm going to have to make a decision probably within the next few days about where I want to be. So I know this is not a normal podcast episode, but this is not a normal situation. Um, and no matter what, by the way, PS, no matter what, Liverpool will be Premier League champions, regardless of whether the season ends now or in a few months. Liverpool are, are Premier League champions and no one will tell me any different. But other than that, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this emergency podcast episode. Uh, I look forward to your help and advice. That, that's the main reason I wanted to do this podcast. I'm really, 
I'm really torn about what to do and I really want I want your help and your advice on what I should be doing. Um, and yeah, maybe it'll encourage, if, if the right people see this, maybe it'll encourage more information uh, from the Indonesian government or our local bodies just to, so we, we know what's going on here in Bali. We just want, we just want more information uh, and hopefully we'll see some more restrictions here and, and maybe people being a wee bit more mindful because I have no doubt that it's probably rife here in Bali. We just don't know it because no one's really dealing with it and no one's really taking it too serious. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this and I look forward to your help and advice. So thank you very much uh, for doing that. Now, this is a wee podcast for big subjects and personalities, huge subjects this week, sprinkled with a wee bit of Scottish humour. Take care of yourself. <laughs>